in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Not the worst day, but far more spring-like. But it's brought to you folks by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Stop in and see them. A great meal is waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road, right off of Route 40, 146. Now, remember, they also, they now have the new outside deck. And I'm already hearing good things and people uh, sending me emails saying they're really enjoying the outside deck that they have. And uh, they're so glad that they have added this now. Um, And I also understand they had a nice crowd last night for the Celtics game. So you want to catch up with people. By the way, what's with the NBA and the tanking of the games? (laughs) What the hell is going on with that, for crying out loud? Um, the, The NBA has to do something about that. I mean, this is getting like... Ridiculous. I mean, last night, within the first quarter, I'm like, oh, okay, so Miami's going to take it easy because then they're going to go back. And now it's just a, a um, you know, it's a game of uh, best of three series. And the Heat feels the next game's in Miami. And then they just have to win, you know, one more, one more, uh, well, two in a row. So one at home, and then they'll just try to go from from there so i i don't um it, i i just don't think it's certainly not good for i don't think it's good for the league uh but anyhow uh and then i i'm just glad i i know of someone that was really anxious to go and i think he you know spent some pretty good money on the tickets last night and it's like <laughs> you know the celtics were up what 20 at the half now i also understand someone sent me an email oh look like I, I, I am not going along. I I fully get. I dealt with some of you people in football season. Somebody sent me a um someone sent me, I should say, a it was like a message or something of um I thought we're not supposed to be I was mention, mentioning the Patriots. I thought we I, I I can't believe like I hear this type of talk from grown adults. I thought we're not supposed to watch football. I said, what are you talking? Yeah, he's Trump said you're not supposed to watch football. I can't believe you're saying you're watching the NFL. I, I like I, I are you in junior high? Is this who am I dealing with? Potsy? Like what? What are you talking about? I thought we're not supposed to be watching football. Did do you think I <laughs> you think I care if someone said, no, listen, we're not like what? I thought we're not supposed to be wearing. Bill Maher had a good joke. He was talking about the left. Like, what is this? Is this like junior high? I think, are we all wearing pink on Friday? I didn't think we were supposed to be watching football. Oh, are you going to tell on me? Am I going to get in trouble for that? What, am I going to get grounded? What? (laughs) What do you mean you watch? I didn't think we're supposed to be watching football. All right, I'll tell you what. You live your pathetic life and Juan will live his we're not supposed to be watching football says who (laughs) well didn't Trump say then he doesn't have to he's not even in office anymore for crying out loud I thought we're not supposed to be watching football yeah uh, I don't know what else to tell you what else you're following Um, but no you I think you're free to do it listen I like the basketball playoffs I do as a matter of fact and other people I, I like anything that's a playoff game um, I could watch a hockey playoff game. I like baseball. Play- I like anything that, that it's a game of value or meaning, I should say, a meaning. So, all right. I want to bring you folks the latest now. So this the situation in Warwick with this missing woman, and I really feel we're going to be over there later. I really feel for the family and, uh, you know, whatever happened, um, I, I know right now. Um, that right now Charlotte Lester is still missing. And uh, right now people are still looking for her and that story is very, you know, very much uh, something happened. It is a mystery right now where where she is. 
And so um, so we're going to try. I will be doing a uh, Facebook Live over there later as we've been developing different story. Today, we just broke some more information about the case. And then I also want to bring you up to speed on some of the other some of the other news of the day. Um, you know what else, though? I, I also, and again, folks, good afternoon at 111. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. I want to just um, see. Uh, here we go. The Washington Post. On May 25th, George Floyd was shot and killed. I'm not laughing at that. Shot and killed in police custody. His death sparked outrage. Wide-scale protests and calls to change policing two years later. Or what has or hasn't changed? Is that, did they act? I want to see if someone played with that headline. Let me just double check it. I know many of you will say, um... That's the, you know, the media makes things up, but I, I want to, um, I want to just see, did someone actually, did actually someone actually write that or did someone play with the, did someone actually play with the headline? Um, oh, May, so May 25th. So that's tomorrow. All right. So I didn't realize that's like a big, they're turning that into now. Is that like a big day? I didn't realize that. Um, let me find that article. What has and what has not changed? Did, did someone really? I, I realize I'm live. Um, <laughs> I, want, I don't think someone put that. Did someone really put that? They wouldn't write something like that, would they? The Washington Post that he was shot and killed in police custody. I, I'd i like to think that, I don't know what to think at this point, folks. I mean, if someone actually, if that made its way into a paper, then then that is just in, inexcusable if that actually uh, happened. I, I don't, I don't see that right now um, unless it's buried somewhere and I just haven't come across it. But I, it's enough that. Maybe it, let me see this. Uh, well, here we go. Well, that says that a few days after he was murdered, um, two years after Floyd's killing, holy cow, killing, murdered. I, he died in police custody, but I, 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 I'm not, I'm not sure they, oh, he, you know, the, all right, the officer was convicted of that, um. But I want to just, did, did someone actually put that into print that he was shot and killed in police custody? I don't. I hope someone did not put that. All right. Let me get to, we have a lot of sound to play. But I want to credit Ian Coulter is the one that, that found that. And, uh, and I think in the Washington Post, accurate as ever, George Floyd shot and killed in police custody. <laughs> Two years later, what has or hasn't changed? See, and you know, and people wonder, people don't pay attention. So how, how can you put something like that? How can anyone, should, did someone really put that? Now I'm seeing it even more. They write George Floyd was shot and killed in police custody. He was never shot. He had, he had drugs in his system, certainly, but... Did they, I want to just track this down. And I, I recognize that this doesn't make for the best radio when I'm trying to find something live. But is, is this, did they really put that? They didn't really tweet that. I'd like to think they did not. And folks, again, I want to bring up the, the latest now. Friday is going to be a gubernatorial forum on Friday morning. And then um, I plan on being there and i think it's gonna you know president um president (laughs) governor mckee is supposedly gonna be there so it's friday morning early i plan to i will be on the air i plan to attend that and then um i will obviously oh 
uh, they did put, we deleted a previous tweet for this form that included language that was changed after published. All right, so it was after they published it. All right, well, that answers that. But still, just the fact that they actually put that out there. So, all right, folks, good afternoon. Right now it's one You're listening to the John DePietro Show. I want to bring you up to speed on some of the news today. Former White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki has officially landed in MSNBC. Uh, good for her, but they're having a lot of, lot of problems with that. Um, let me see that one. Uh, boom, boom, boom. Uh, that, that census thing, there, there, there should be an explanation with that. And I, I would like to see someone dive more into that and try to get more answers on exactly what what happened with that. Because, boy, Bishop Tobin on alleys is just hilarious. He's got 73 comments. Of course, it's, it's all people attacking him for saying that... Um, he doesn't want to support, uh, Catholics should not support Alley's Donuts because now they are giving discounts to anyone that goes to Planned Parenthood or they're uh, raising money for Planned Parenthood for whatever reason. Last time I checked, Planned Parenthood does not need a lot of money. But, um, but, it, but it's all the trolls that come out. Uh, Michael has, I'm told Allie's long ago, stop offering discounts to police and military. That's true. Classic gas. They are. I don't know what to make of that. And I don't know, I don't know why you would do that other than, uh, it's just good news for us. Cause if, if Matt is back in the news, then it is, it is in fact, um, good news as a matter of fact, anytime Matt is in the news, Matt from Allie's, it's a little bit of a gift to, uh, to Juan folks right now at one eighteen. That was that I mentioned. That was a massive fire. Uh, That hotel. You don't see that that often. The Warwick mystery. I'm going to have more on that later. And then I didn't realize. So tomorrow we'll have to wait. I'm sure that there there'll be some, you know, telling the kids to walk out of class. Uh, Tomorrow's George Floyd Day. Um. I, 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 again, the way we're not going through that again. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it. We're not going through that again. I mean, that happened. Um, that that Chauvin ruined it for everyone. Uh, it shouldn't have happened. The guy was in distress. Uh, there was no reason he wasn't going anywhere. They had him in the car. They had him in the police car. They should have sped to the hospital, except then they, they called and they were waiting for the ambulance. But that you want to talk about avoidable. I mean, that was very avoidable what happened with that whole thing. And it, it does certainly seem as if, um, you know, that he was he was in distress from drugs. So the the idea that. We're not, they're trying to do that again, but this time they want to do it with the Supreme Court. But the real answer is they can try, but right now the Democrat Party is poised to just get annihilated in the midterms. Hey, this is interesting. There was an ISIS plot to assassinate George W. Bush in Dallas. Wow. Huh. Two confidential informants and surveillance, the alleged plotter, revealed plans to smuggle assassins U.S. to murder the former president. Boy, this I had not heard. An Iraqi being in the U.S. accused of being an ISIS operative. See, here's another reason not to have the blanking border open. An ISIS operative in the U.S. was going so far as to travel to Dallas in November, take video around this the foreign president's home and recruiting a team to smuggle in the country over the Mexican border. How about that? Good thing that we have an open border with the Biden administration. Wow. Whew. That's another reason we need that border shut. And by the way, we are going to be 
concentrating on that um, a lot more. And we're going to start having many more guests on about it. But, wow. ISIS is planning to assassinate George W. Bush in Dallas, Iraqi man in the U.S., travel to Dallas, take video recruiting a team he hoped to smuggle into the country over the Mexican border. Well, that's, that's just one of the reasons. You know, it also shows the danger that even though he has been out of office, That, they, you know, that doesn't mean they're still looking to take him out. And and that is something, you know, is that what it would take to fi- finally seal our border? To finally have something like that happen on our own soil? Hmm. This is interesting. The Department of Commerce tariff probe is crushing American solar industry. I just came across a picture of um, former Governor Gina Raimondo. So that's why I mentioned that. Oh, okay. This I want to hear. Kellyanne Conway was on The View. And because she's promoting a book. There's a couple things. You know, they make a lot of news. I'll say that. And Whoopi Goldberg made news about going after the the Pope. So I want to find um. Apparently, she was attacked on the View. Um, where is that? All right, I'll find it. Now, also, let me find. So Kellyanne Conway has a new book out and was apparently they were attacking her over her views about that she she doesn't bash President Trump in the book. Um, the view had Kellyanne Conway today was a circus. <laughs> what do you think would happen? Well, we're I'd like to find that. Um, and I recognize them so they, hey, they invited her on. Let me see if I can find this. I apologize, folks. Um, right now it's one twenty-three. I'm sure this must be a little bit annoying as I'm trying to do this live, but I, I really want to uh, find this sound. They have that. Oh. This is uh, Kellyanne Conway and her daughter speaking out on social media. Um, Well, there's several clips of her. So let me hear some of this. Okay. Uh, Good. So Kellyanne Conway, who, by the way, could do circles around a lot of these people in The View. Now, I want to hear this. I haven't heard this yet. Here we go. Big lie and, and and the stolen election. Russia collusion illusion? Um, no. Well, there are a lot of <laughs> lies because I think by the, end of, by the end of by the end of his term, I like that. He had accumulated thirty thousand five hundred and seventy-three lies during his pregnancy. But I want to talk. Hold about on, that. I want to play that again. I'd love this. So they say the big lie, and then Kellyanne Conway says, "Oh, you mean Russian collusion?" I, I want to talk to you about the big lie and 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 the stolen election. Russia collusion illusion? Um, no. Th- well, there are a lot of lies because <laughs> I think by the end of his term, I think Trump Russian collusion illusion. Five hundred and seventy-three lies during his pregnancy. But I want to talk about the big <laughs> lie, um, the stolen election. You write um, uh, Trump was more shocked about losing in twenty twenty than he was about winning in twenty sixteen. That he couldn't comprehend how he lost to Joe Biden. People around him lied to him and told him he won. Did you lie to him about winning? Never. Great. Uh, Let me ask you this. Can you agree that Trump lost both the popular vote and the Electoral College and that it was a free and fair election? I think it's pretty obvious that Joe Biden is the president. I can't believe we're still talking about this respectfully. Mm -hmm. Trump is too hardy. Hold on, stop 
that you're talking about. Hold on, I write extensively in this book that I am, the, I am the closest person yeah. to Donald Trump to tell him the earliest that he came up short. It broke my heart. I wanted him to get mm -hmm. reelected, and I wish I only wish that the people who were in charge of his 2020 campaign, with the 1.4 billion dollars that they wasted, had won outright and overwhelmingly. That should have been. He should have won huge. He had all these accomplishments. He's running against a guy who's stuck in the basement, and you're in the middle of a pandemic. You say, folks, don't change. But why does he force you? Why does he continue to lie? Let me do something before you say anything. Listen, this is the view, and this is her view, and she's talking about how she feels and what she knows. Please don't move her. He continued to lie about it. I think President Trump was told again and again by people on his campaign, you're going to win in the landslide. They had him going to Oregon, to Minnesota for mm -hmm. what? And, and then after he was coming up short, they said, there's a way that we can do this. And I said very clearly publicly, as I said to him privately, you have every right to do what Hillary Clinton did, what Stacey Abrams did, what lots of Democrats and Republicans have done, which is till December 14th, when the electors certify the election, you can amass evidence, get people to, to a year sign later. affidavits. It's a year later. He's still lying. And, and guess what? The fact is, my, our hearts are broken. My heart is broken that Joe Biden's a president because look what's happened. In less time it takes to have a baby, they've screwed up the country. You're talking about insurrection. <laughs> oh, and people are talking about inflation. But he's, well, he's, I read the ABC News poll. He's still Biden listen, you know what? I'm not a big poll person because well, polls can be manipulated. I, I sat here hearing that Hillary couldn't lose but because of the But he's still lying. Why? But guess what? Why is he still lying? I think She is so annoying that Sonny Hostin. Kellyanne is holding her own on The View. Wow. Let me hear this. Would you? Yes, I, I think Hold on, here we go. Do you believe that Donald Trump will run again in 2024? And if he asked you to run his campaign, would you? Yes, I, I think that he would like to run for in 2024 because he thinks there's unfinished business. He sees that Biden is not doing a great job. I have to do the best and highest use for my family. And I want to say one last thing. There were five women who had the highest ranking title in a meeting one morning. I looked up the highest ranking title in the White House, in Donald Trump's White House. I looked up Ivanka Trump, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, Mercedes Schlepp, Brooke Rollins, and me. We worked with all of them. Right. Okay. And but among the five of us, Whoopi, we had we have 19 children, 12 daughters, seven sons at the moment between the ages of two and 16. And we're working in Donald Trump's White House. That's the, the vice president is a woman now. Well, right. The vice president and I are very I'm one of the handful of people in this country. talking about my want to, Donald Trump. Wow. Very good on her. How about how they just keep countering her? This is about her daughter. She did have some problems with her daughter. But working for the former president came at a cost. Uh, your husband, George, who supported Trump and wanted you to be his campaign manager turned once Trump won tweeting thousands of times something sometimes something you can call sneaky and sinister uh, your daughter Claudia also criticized you and George on social media and you say you were blindsided embarrassed and hurt why did they turn on you and in such a public way well first of all thank you for having me back on the view I really appreciate it and uh, so I'm very raw and open and vulnerable in this book Sarah and the reason is that I have been in the middle of incredible opportunities and also wild dramas and traumas. And I've come out on the other side very whole, very happy, very hopeful, and also with um, a lot of love in my heart for George. We share four children. We've been married for two decades. And you I have spend, four children? We do have four children, yes. I didn't realize that. And, and I, yes, four children. Yeah. Claudia has a twin brother yeah, and two younger are. sisters. Yeah, they are. They are at the White House yeah. long after Donald Trump was in office, by the way. There we are. And I think what happened with George is to make very clear, George does not owe fealty or loyalty to Donald Trump or any political ideology. The vows were to me to love, honor, and cherish. And I would not have been able to be Donald Trump's campaign manager at the level I was had George not said, you are taking your shot and I will help more with the kids and around the house. I have watched men in the Republican consultancy dismiss and denigrate and deride you for years. This guy can actually win with you. Go take your shot. George accepted a job with Donald Trump in the administration, a big job yeah, in the Department turned. of Justice, he and he turned. Mm -hmm. And I think the public nature of it was so jarring to me because of the many things I appreciate and value about George that I talk about in the book. I spent a lot of the book nostalgically and fondly recalling our courtship, our marriage, the children. Um, one thing I always, many things I always appreciate about George is he's brilliant and he always kept his counsel and he's privately.
brilliant and it became publicly bombastic. And I say in the book, um, I felt I couldn't compete with the tweet. And why would I? Why would I compete with Twitter? She's not even hot. She doesn't even have a personality. And I felt like there was another woman in our life. But George turned on Trump, which would be okay, except it took on this whole folk hero syndrome with the mainstream media. And for Claudia, I feel like Claudia, who's brilliant and beautiful objectively, and she, um, Claudia was doing what a lot of teenagers do, pushing back on authority, mom and dad, posting TikToks and getting on Twitter, etc. What I don't appreciate and will never forgive or forget are a bunch of adults direct messaging my 15-year-old daughter without even trying to reach easy-to-reach parents. It is outrageous. You can't have a 15-year-old in your audience without a parent. She can't get her ears pierced, go to an R-rated movie, drive, That's vote. Terrible. And it's terrible. It's terrible. an unforgivable joy. Yeah. And it was certainly started with this uh, Peter Pan, Taylor Lorenz at the New York Times. But she wasn't alone. I've seen the direct messages. People just contacting my daughter. I would never contact your children. By the way, are we supposed to feel better if it were a 35-year-old man contacting Claudia at 1 a.m.? And, and promising her fame, fortune, attention. But I'm so proud of her and her three siblings. Oh. They are resilient, they are hardy, they have more class, dignity, discretion, and judgment in their pinkies than a lot of these adults. All right. Wow, Kellyanne Conway, folks. How about that? Going after Taylor Lorenz of the Washington Post. Now, I recognize a lot of people are saying Taylor who? But that is someone who has um, been in the, in the news quite a bit. And good for Kel- Kellyanne for going after her. And, and notice the the rest of the, the panel, they were not in any way arguing with her about that. So, well, folks, good afternoon right now. I also, let me just play the Whoopi Goldberg thing. Because she... Um, you know, there's part of it is if you, you're going to have, um, if you're going to allow, oh yeah, not your job, the Archbishop of San Francisco going to Pelosi, this is not your job. It's not up for you to make the decision. It. It actually is. You know, that was, I'm seeing a headline, Whoopi Goldberg admonishes the View studio audience for booing Kellyanne Conway. I, I agree with Kellyanne Conway. I think they were actually booing. I think they, they were actually booing when she mentioned Biden in the basement. But here's Whoopi going after the bishop. You know, what is the saying? It's kind of amazing. Uh, but, you know, what is the point of communion? Right? It's for uh, sinners. It's the, for the for sinners. It's the reward of saints, but the bread of sinners. How dare you? How dare you? That is, if Pope Francis says that that's the issue, but okay. I'm review, y'all. The abortion rights battle is starting to blur the lines between church and state. The Archbishop of San Francisco. Mm. It's calling for Speaker Nancy Pelosi to be denied receiving communion because of her pro-choice stance. He's one of the priests who also called for President Biden to be denied sacrament. This is not your job, dude. <laughs> that is not, you can't, that is not up to you to make that decision. actually is. Um, I mean, th- there's many jobs they don't have. That That is actually one of the jobs that he has. You know, she's the same one where they had to give her two weeks off to learn about the Holocaust. So, you know, sure we should not be fully surprised by some of the words of her. So, folks, good afternoon right now, 134. You know what else? I was very surprised that um, the Channel 10 piece I played about the census. This is their audio of John Igliosi. Their audio of John Igliosi. And they didn't even use it. And I don't understand why, but they didn't even use it. When I see Brian Crandall, I'll ask him about it. I like Brian. But here's John Igliosi, head of the Providence City Council. You have to do it correctly on the up and up and legally. And it's a black eye. It's terrible. It does uh, uh, debase uh, people's um, trust in government and how we do things. It doesn't matter if they're 
as they put it, oh, the reason why they wanted, if the reason was so, you know, important, like, oh, we wanted to keep a district, yeah. or we wanted to get more money. You have to do it re fairly and honestly. And to me, that's just unfair and it's inappropriate. Yeah, the Supreme Court says. You know, I don't, I, I like John Igliosi. Um, I respect him. I have no idea why they uh, allowed that to happen like that. So, well, folks, good afternoon. Right now at one thirty-four, you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM thirteen eighty and ninety-nine point nine FM. Let's see. We're hearing Alley's Donuts is currently collecting funds for Planned Parenthood. If true, it's an unfortunate decision. Catholics and others might want to buy their donuts elsewhere. Um. No, that's actually no, that's actually not what he said. Huh? No, that's no. He. It is not. It is not accurate in any way. All right, I want to play, um, folks. I want to play the sound of. The latest now on this, um, the monkeypox thing is very, very, uh, I, I, you know, I don't know how serious it is. First, we need to figure out how it's spreading and who can get it. Oh, goodness, this is terrible. Moms search for solutions after their daughters die by suicide. Sound like a teen pack? Hmm. The Kelly Kellyanne Conway, boy, she can bring it. If President Trump has her out in front for him for 2024, that's very, very strong. That is very, very strong. Um I want to play uh Let's see. You know what's actually playing this weekend? Good afternoon, everyone. Is um, you know, I actually want to see the Top Gun movie by Tom Cruise. All right, here it is: the gas prices, because this just continues to be a complete disaster, and it's not getting better. Robin, at this gas station in Miami Beach, it'll cost you five sixty for a gallon of regular unleaded. That's not not, not quite as bad as it is in California, where gas is over six dollars everywhere you look, but it is worse than New York, where gas is averaging nearly five dollars a gallon. Look, the bottom line is, no matter where or when you are trying to fill up, you are going to feel pain at the pump right now. Gas in all 50 states is over four dollars a gallon right now, with the national average at a record high of four but despite the crippling costs, most drivers are still filling up. AAA is forecasting nearly 35 million people are going to get in their cars this weekend and drive more than 50 miles from home. This is the kickoff to driving season, Memorial Day weekend, right? This is when gas demand is at its highest all year. So no doubt the beaches here are going to be packed and the price to get here will be steep, Robin. And Kaylee, consumers want to know any chance, any chance that prices will fall before we're taken to the roads for our getaways. Yeah, well, Robin, considering that gas prices haven't fallen in nearly a month, experts say do not expect to catch a break in this next week. We are heading towards the most expensive Memorial Day weekend on record, with gas a whole dollar more expensive than it was at its previous high in 2014. Robin. Oh, okay, Kaylee, thank you. You know, that this is, um, Biden owns that, and it's... Um, He absolutely owns it. We also see this United Airlines employee fired after a fight with former NFL player in an airport. Oh. Player Brandon Langley and the employee. Let me hear viral this. Viral video of an airport fight between a former NFL player and an airline employee. Former player now facing charges. The worker has been fired. Transportation correspondent Gio Benitez has the story. This morning, United Airlines firing this wheelchair attendant at Newark Airport after this viral video shows former NFL player Brandon Langley and the employee in a violent brawl. 
is telling ABC News it all started when that employee asked for a wheelchair that Langley was using to carry his luggage. The situation quickly escalating, Langley eventually knocking the employee out, but the agent getting back up to continue the fight. United telling ABC News it has fired the employee after investigating the incident and reviewing video from a bystander. Langley briefly played for the Denver Broncos. This morning, he's charged with simple assault. One thing that I know about Brendan, he's uh, one of the hardest working guys I've ever met. Um, he doesn't, you know, he's, he's, not a, he's not a very malicious, mean person. And, um, you know, I don't know much about the situation, so I, I can't really speak on everything. Well, you are speaking I, about I just it. want him to be safe. I love him. Oh, everything I works that. out in the end. This comes as nearly 2.5 million Americans are set to fly each day wow. on Memorial Day weekend. The FAA saying unruly passenger numbers continue to fall, but still more than 1,300 incidents were already reported this year. And ABC News has learned that Langley is back in Canada where he plays professional football. His team says it's looking into the matter to learn all of the details. I don't know. I mean, the guy got fired for that? He's getting, he's the one that's being punched. I don't know why he was then fired from that. All right, and here's one of my favorite story, folks, is um, the White House walking back comments again made by President Biden. But first, let me get to, folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show. It's brought to you by It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Stop in and see Marie. You want to stay nice and healthy. You want to get in shape. Everything healthy. Pop in. She's open today. It's My Health. Diagonally across from Davidport Restaurant. And again, vitamins, herbal remedies, local products, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. Over 250 50 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, hemp and CBD products. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. All right. I want to, um, let's hear the latest gaffe now by the White House's walking back President Biden's comments. Sometimes. Here we go. Biden in Japan. And the fallout from those remarks indicated he would use military force to defend Taiwan from China, a major break with longstanding U.S. policy. Let's go to our senior White House correspondent, Mary Bruce, who is traveling with the president. And Mary, the president attempted to clarify those comments overnight. Yeah, Michael, the president doing a bit of cleanup on his own comments, now insisting there has been no change in the longstanding policy known as strategic ambiguity, which says that the U.S. would help Taiwan defend itself if China attacked. Now, President Biden, of course, went much further than that yesterday, saying that the U.S. would intervene militarily to defend Taiwan. Now, whether the president simply misspoke or was actually saying out loud what he really thinks, as we know Biden does sometimes, it's really not clear. Uh, But... This is, of course, the third time that the president has indicated that the U.S. military would respond to come to Taiwan's defense. Now, either way, all of this dominated much of the headlines here as the president wrapped up his trip to Asia. He is now on his way back to Washington, headed home. And this really was a very symbolic trip, a chance for the president to reinforce key relationships, strengthen economic ties, and really underscore his commitment to his goal to counter the rise of China, even though so much of his attention has been dominated and will continue to be dominated by the war in Ukraine. George. You know, um, I, I mentioned that story earlier. Um, it is, um, it, it is, it, it's just one thing after another with the way he misspeaks and the gaffes. And it's not going to, and I also want to mention this, it's not, guess what, it's not going to change. It's absolutely not going to change. So it's not, you know, like he was having a, you could see someone would maybe misspeak sometime or say something, but that is absolutely not going to change. Now, folks, all eyes, though, and again, good afternoon right now. It's 144. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Today's a big day. I also want to point out, how about the fact the primary in Pennsylvania may not be decided for several weeks? What's going to happen in Rhode Island with the September 13th primary and then the general is the first Tuesday in November. The the Pennsylvania primary, they're going to be counting for a while. There's a good chance that we may not have a winner for the gubernatorial primary uh, immediately in 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 you know, September 13, 14, right in that vicinity. 
Um, as I've been saying, it's a mistake. Nellie Gorbea should not be running the election. She should have stepped down. It's a conflict of interest. Uh, you Mark my words, there is a disaster waiting to happen. And never mind with all these, the, the uh, ballot harvesting they're going to do. But let's play. This is... Um, you know, I um, I understand why President Trump was upset. I think this was wasted energy. I don't think he should have gotten involved in this race. And he's not going to look good here. This is the latest now in Georgia. Votes in Georgia are already in. And this time, we're going to see those early vote totals post early in the evening. This is more than the early vote in 2018 and 2020. And this is despite new election rules that were inspired by unproven claims of fraud surrounding the 2020 election. Most of the action in Georgia's primary election is with the Republicans, and at the top of the ticket is current Governor Brian Kemp. He's leading the polls, despite being the one politician here who former President Donald Trump wants to remove the most. Trump's former vice president was in Georgia Monday night, taking sides with the governor. I mean, I can honestly say I was for Brian Kemp before it was cool. The election here is being seen as a test of just how important a voice Donald Trump still has in the Republican Party. Brian Kemp is a turncoat, is a coward. The former president has endorsed and campaigned for former Senator David Perdue, calling Kemp a sellout for refusing to overturn the 2020 presidential election results in Georgia, where Joe Biden won. We have to win. We want to win. And we have a uh, governor that's done the worst job of any governor in probably decades on election integrity. The winner will face Democrat Stacey Abrams in November. The Republican voters who say they still admire the former president told us that his wishes aren't everything. I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about Republicans. Like, not all Republicans are... Like, Trump, Trump doesn't represent most Republicans. President Trump has also targeted Georgia's Secretary of State, incumbent Brad Raffensperger, who famously refused in this phone call to find the former president more votes. Well, Mr. President, the challenge that you have is the data you have is wrong. One of Raffensperger's opponents is Congressman Jody Heiss, who voted against certifying the 2020 election results. The winner of that race could play a consequential role in the next presidential election here if Georgia comes down to the wire again. Congressman Heiss is one of nearly two dozen election deniers supported by Donald Trump who are running for Secretary of State in 18 places. And importantly, these are positions that are mostly about running elections. Tonight, football icon Herschel Walker is expected to win his primary for U.S. Senate. That would mean that he will run against Raphael Warnock, an incumbent, in the fall, which in this state would pit two black men against each other in competition for that U.S. Senate seat, George. And, and Steve, Trump has been playing all across the country in these primaries. He's looming over other key primaries today as well. That's right. Mo Brooks in Alabama, a supporter of the president for a very long time, since the former president, said some things that former President Trump didn't like at a campaign rally about the election. The president withdrew his support. He's running. Also in Texas, George P. Brooks is running for office without the support of the president. The president, former president, his, his endorsements are really playing a big role in some of these races across the No country. question about it. No question about it. Folks, good afternoon. Right now, it is 148, and you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program is brought by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Stop in and see them at the Lodge Pub and Eatery. So I want to just bring you up to speed on some of the latest news that's happening on this Tuesday, May 24th. Um, I think it's a little bit... You know, the next two weeks. First of all, tomorrow apparently is a big day. Um, that it's the George Floyd anniversary. I wasn't even thinking of that. Here are some headlines, though. One-fifth of workers set to leave jobs in next 12 months. It's 20%. That's a lot. Uh, here's another headline. There has to be a backup plan. There's a backup plan, right? McCarthy claims Joe really takes his calls. I'm surprised he would take any calls. Um, man who tackled Chappelle says jokes were triggering. He was inspired by the Will Smith slap. 
Judge denies debt motion to strike Heard's $100 million defamation counterclaim. My goodness. Um, yeah, th- this story of the suspect in custody and the ISIS plot to assassinate President Bush. Hmm. You know, if the, the member of the Bush family loses, that really could be the end of the, the Bush dynasty. New study, do Republicans and Dems really hate each other? Well, one thing I can tell you is there's certainly hatred on the Democrat side. Uh, I know not everyone is on social media, but I was pointing out to someone, we'll probably talk about it next week, but uh, Kathy Gregg of the Providence Journal quoted Steve Fryers. So Steve is very knowledgeable. And she quoted him in an article. Uh, He's a a real historian, apparently. Well, actually, I know that. And a a big Democrat who actually teaches political science started going after her for even mentioning him in the article. And she was trying to say, well, you know, there's not that many people like him. A lot of people use his stuff. He's he has this a lot of information. He has history books. He knows stuff. He can. It's all documented, right? It's all backed up. And I noticed that even Ted Nisi at Channel Twelve had to jump in and say, "Well, you know what she's saying is true." I've also used Steve Fryers. He's he's pointed stuff out to me and found stuff. And sometimes not everything was. You know, loaded into where you can pull it up. Sometimes there's stuff that are just still in books, right? Not all history is readily available online. So he has copies of things. And so I've used them as well. And this person, again, Democrat, progressive Democrat, political science professor, wasn't hearing it. And the attitude was basically, I, I still don't think under, under no circumstances should anyone who's a Republican's name be mentioned within the course of one of your stories. That what, what do you call that? And that was someone who had a position of power in the state. You know, Cicilline is like that. The way they talk, you know, I still remember that we, we had sounds of Rhode Island Congressman David Cicilline saying, I've seen these Tea Party people up close. And let me tell you, they're very scary. They describe if someone is a Republican, member of the GOP, what have you, they're, they're described in a manner almost like, like they're a foreign being, unimaginable, unintelligent, really not American. You know, well, he still hasn't. How can you quote him? He won't. He won't criticize. He won't. Talk about Trump. Everything. But here's the thing. Trump is the excuse. President Trump is the excuse. Because they're actually, they're out of reasons. It still amazes me the little that Biden is mentioned. Meaning, I, I, I went to that gubernatorial forum and President Biden wasn't even mentioned. President Biden is is. You know, talk about like the wheels have come off. Democrats don't want him to run again. Democrats in Rhode Island don't want him to run again. So now this other headline, more monkeypox, first likely case in California. I, I don't know what to make of that story. And I also, for various reasons, the media is not putting out information how it seems to be transmitting Mostly, seemingly, amongst um, gay and bisexual men seem to be. Now, as far as Massachusetts, I think this is interesting. Mayor Wu announces warm weather plan to address the humanitarian crisis at Mass and Cass. For those that know the Boston area, see, they have to do something. You can't allow that to become. That's how L.A. started. That's how San Francisco started. You, you can't allow that 
this, this is how it's going to be, that this area now is where people go and pitch tents. And this is where it's, you know, anyone, this, the situation right now, whether it's in, in uh, Los Angeles or San Francisco, it's, it's so overwhelming that it's, it's hard to, there's someone that's running for governor of California, and, and they have full plans of how they think they're going to address it. And I think it's really interesting, the housing, the uh, homeless problem in California. Do you know in Los Angeles, they say it's actually now more than 70,000 people. I, that's hard to imagine. That's more than Gillette Stadium holds that are homeless. A lot of it is drugs. Uh, a big part of that is drugs. People say mental illness, but so much of it is drugs. And so much of it are people that are finding that they just they don't want to work. And they'd rather gut it out day to day, out on the street. I think it's interesting because it used to be like you'd see somebody with the cardboard bar, cardboard box. When I lived in Manhattan, you'd see people with the, you know, the cardboard and so forth. And then people that are out there that said that when, and I think it's pretty interesting when they had the Occupy Wall Street movement, you had, you know. White kids of means that were buying these $1,000 tents. And then when the Occupy Wall Street fad was over, they started giving these $1,000 tents to the homeless. And these are, you know, pretty durable and so forth. So that really started like the tent city. But now it's just so overwhelming. And I think it's interesting. I was I was listening to an interview and, and someone who's very knowledgeable said you have to the first thing you have to do is you have to make it a law. You that people you you cannot sleep outside. You can't just plop you, yourself down somewhere. And folks, there's a lot of this going on in Rhode Island right now. People send me stuff up. There's ten cities that pop up on riverbanks, behind things. And that's the first indication. But what a lot of people are saying, you know, we have to help the homeless and and blah, 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 and we're not doing enough. I think what they also have to admit, though, is a lot of these individuals, when you remove, there's a difference between someone that has a drug problem or someone that has mental health-ish problems, trying to help them get back on their feet. There's a difference between that and then there are people that just choose, they, they don't want to work. They don't want to live a conventional life. For various reasons, they don't want to be in a shelter. They want to have a pet. They want to have drugs. They want to have a weapon. They want to have alcohol. People will say no one wants to be homeless. But what they do want is free housing. They don't want to report to work for various reasons. Some of it could be depression. Some of it could be they're just not really that good at anything. And they feel that they would just be they don't want to have to report into a job. So they'd rather they they certainly want the free housing and they want free food and free things. But what's missing is they don't want the responsibility of employment. They don't. Even though it comes with pay and comes with, you know, everything that comes along with making money. So I think a lot of the housing advocates, and again, folks, good afternoon. It's 159. It's John DePietro on this Tuesday. But I think they need to be honest about the fact that what they're really looking for is they, they want things for free. And that plays into the whole social socialist mentality of and for those that choose not to work and i think um i think that has to be dealt with all right listen um thank you for listening i'm going to be doing some facebook live streams find me on the page john DePietro show on facebook uh i want you to stay tuned you're going to hear the two o'clock news the john dion program we're back on the radio tomorrow at 11 wnri one socket you